0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Joseph Lyons, and I'm the typical host of Bottlenecks, a podcast by the UBC Supply Chain and Operations Association, or SCOA. This is our last episode of the school year, and we wanted to mark it with something a little different. We intended for this episode to come out in February. We missed it, whoop, but that's okay, because every month, even March, can be the month of love. If you couldn't tell, today's focus is on wedding planning and we have a special guest co-host to talk about it. Margaret Shen is on the podcast team, and she's also been SCOA's VP External for the past year. Uh, Margaret, thanks for taking part in this episode. Uh, How are you?
1: Hi, Joseph. Um, Thank you so much for letting me onto the podcast. I'm doing really well. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, Awesome. Yeah. And it's uh, I'm really happy to have you on. Uh, Margaret, this whole episode was your idea. You planned it, you wrote it, you interviewed our guest Natasha. And uh, I wanted to ask, though, this is an operations and supply chain podcast. Uh, And, you know, in our past episodes, we've talked about global shipping, trade and production. So why did you want to do this episode on wedding planning?
1: so i know that with supply chain and operations it's typically related to ships and boats and all those types of things but i wanted to dive more deeply into the operational part and focus on a non-traditional sector so i think a wedding can just be um, can be just as sophisticated as planning how many boats to send out and um, you know what you have to send out on those ships and you have to deal with hundreds of people you have a limited budget and you have to get the timing right for everything otherwise everything can fall apart at any second, um, and I feel like this is where optimization and operational planning skills from supply chain background can just kick in and work.
0: Okay, yeah, I mean, that's that's really interesting, and uh, I look forward to uh, segue us into the interview. So, again, uh, to everyone listening, uh, we hope you enjoy this interview that uh, Margaret did with, who, Margaret?
1: Natasha uh, Natasha Tom. Love that. Clearwater events.
0: Natasha Thompson, Clearwater events. All right. Thanks, Margaret. And uh, I'll let us segue into the interview.
1: So hi, Natasha. Um, Welcome to SCOA's podcast and welcome back to all the listeners from before and to new listeners as well. My name is Margaret. I am a new co-host. I'm a third-year student at the Sauter School of Business, studying global supply chain and logistics management. And today's topic is all about weddings. So traditionally, you wouldn't associate supply chain and operations with wedding planning. But, you know, wedding planning really relies on its own type of supply chain and operational planning. You really have to think about how to optimize things and You know, in order to make sure that the wedding runs smoothly, you really have to include things like having perfect timing or having the right people in the right places at the right time. So this is Natasha Tom, a wedding planner and the CEO of Clearwater Events. Uh, Tell us a bit about yourself, Natasha, and your company.
2: First of all, thank you, Margaret, so much for having me. It's so lovely to be doing this. Um, So as Margaret mentioned, my name is Natasha, and I run a full service event and wedding planning and production company um, specializing in sustainable events. So when I first started my career in events, um, I was doing community fundraisers. And then when I started the business, I was more on the wedding's end. And now five years in, we really try to blend both of my loves, working with local community organizations to amplify their mission, but also to help couples plan their great days. Um, and really, we want to come from sustainability with an accessibility lens to it. So our goal isn't necessarily to make your adventure wedding zero waste, but really to help support you wherever you are in that journey um, and to provide you with a few tips and tricks along the way.
1: That's really awesome to hear because I know a lot of people are making that the transition into being zero waste, but it's always hard to go from one extreme to like the other. So um, that, like being very flexible in those transitions are really helpful. So let's talk about the process for wedding planning. A wedding is a huge planning process with so many different elements going on. Where do you even begin and what does the entire process entail and how long does it even take to plan.
2: Good question. So I always start my first consultation with couples as soon as they're onboarded, really trying to learn more about them and their priorities as a couple as it pertains to the wedding, Um, whether that be the food, the music, beautiful florals. Um, overall aesthetics and design, maybe it's like the ambiance or experience or how they want their guests to feel. And then as a sustainable event specialist, I come in and I take that a step further. So I work with couples to align their priorities with what we call their eco values. So if food is really important, can we think about sourcing locally? in-season produce, what does that look like when we incorporate meat, can we use local ethical farms, things like that. Um, And then once we have those priorities and those eco values in place, we use those two things as our grounding pillars throughout the planning process, which for our couples typically takes 12 to 18 months, I will say. COVID has totally thrown that timeline out the window, so in COVID times, we've seen the shift to couples planning their weddings on significantly shorter timelines and also significantly longer, depending on venue availability and the ratio of their guests being local or out of town, predominantly international. Um, so I think that question is really hard to answer because it's so varied across the board. When we're
1: talking about um, short timelines, how short of a timeline can you even plan a wedding in?
2: Obviously, it depends on scope and how detailed or like extravagant they want it. But we've seen weddings in COVID happen um, in a couple of weeks, in a month. Yeah. Um, I think as vendors in the events and weddings industry, we're used to change. We're used to moving on the fly. We're used to adapting. So... So short timelines, we can work with them. We don't love to um, because it does mean a lot of back and forth has to happen really quickly.
1: And so just for comparison for the audience, um, what's the average time before COVID for planning a wedding?
2: Mm-hmm. I would say 12 to 18 months is pretty standard.
1: Wow. So fitting 12 to 18 months into just a couple of weeks is like, you know, it's a huge scale. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess my next question for you is, how many people can be involved in an entire wedding planning process, and how do you avoid miscommunication? Because I know sometimes you'll end up having what, like tens of, or like hundreds of people, maybe involved.
2: Hmm. So I was sort of. Change the way this question is raised a little bit in terms of like typically our couples are pretty hands-on in the wedding planning process Mm -hmm. regardless of whether they're a full planning client of ours because we they always have to give their approval before we put out any money or deposits and then maybe the parents are involved in decision making especially if they're the ones paying for things obviously there's guests there's what We call like VIP guests who might be immediate family or um, like friends that are part of your wedding party. So they might be planning extraneous activities like the bridal shower or the bachelor and bachelorette party or like a wedding rehearsal or post brunch. But those typically don't necessarily involve us as wedding planners, Um, those are purely like external activities the weddings we try to keep very tight to the couple and maybe their parents
1: okay um i think that makes sense especially during covid i assume like the weddings have gotten smaller and smaller compared to before Mm -hmm. and uh just i guess a question about your own experience what's the biggest wedding that you've ever planned for
2: and what was that process like was it really
1: hectic So
2: I'm fortunate in the sense that most of my weddings are under 200 people, Um, typically they're around 100 to 150 so that's a really great sweet spot where Mm -hmm. it still feels pretty intimate, you can still get to hang out with all of your guests. Um, But it's not overwhelming in terms of logistics and planning and number of vendors. Um, Vendor friends of mine obviously have planned weddings of four or 500 people, some up to a 1,000 for a lot of those big cultural celebrations. Um, So in the grand scheme of things, mine are pretty straightforward.
1: I'm so shocked how you act like 200 people is not a lot. When I'm trying to imagine 200 people all in one venue, like all just... um, I don't know all having dinner together it's just very foreign to me
2: i'm not gonna lie; it does feel like herding cats sometimes mm-hmm. um but it's why we do what we do right like that adrenaline rush on wedding day is why i love what i do
1: mm-hmm. so now that we've covered the process of a wedding um, what's the most or what are some very common issues that come up with wedding planning um are there any common bottlenecks in the wedding um, planning process and how do you deal with these bottlenecks
2: Mm -hmm. good question so um typically at the beginning of the planning process i feel like there's lots of momentum the couple is excited they've just gotten engaged or they just agreed okay this is their wedding date they've locked in the venue maybe they found their wedding planner and maybe their photographer and their caterer so those big pieces are in play and that gives us a really strong foundation to work from and then depending again on what their priorities are we can play around with which vendors we book next but that's also where the challenging piece comes in because there's so many options out there and so making decisions can become really hard at that point because If you go down a Pinterest rabbit hole, or if you just get inspired by all the things, um, it can be hard to narrow in and focus on what exactly you're looking for. Um, Or sometimes halfway through our couples just get exhausted. They've hit the planning fatigue and they just are tired. Um, So regardless, we always try to encourage a wedding planning break, regardless of how long it is. So sometimes it'll be a week, sometimes it'll be a month, sometimes it's just an evening out where you go out on date night and you reconnect as a couple and talking about the wedding is off limits um so in terms of bottlenecks i think it really depends on how long you're planning the wedding for um and in terms of relieving the stress or relieving that tension and anxiety i think just disconnecting from the wedding for a little bit is always helpful um because it helps you to reset and come back more focused and refreshed and actually excited about planning versus like feeling overwhelmed about all these pressures and expectations on you
1: i didn't even know that wedding planning fatigue was a thing i mean i assume like most couples would be like really happy but you know needing to take like a break from it i wouldn't have expected that at all it kind of just seems like a go 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 process
2: Mm-hmm. I think because there's so many decisions that have to be made, it can get overwhelming. And then families and your your family and friends are always excited, right? So they're going to come to you with questions and they're going to want to know all the details all the time. So in that standpoint, it can get really frustrating and just overwhelming with how many people are coming at you asking for things, which is why we always recommend a break
1: so i also know that a lot of last minute things must come up um and there might be photographers who maybe they didn't plan things correctly and they might have to drop out um and you know it is hard to plan a photographer because you know they're booked up months in advance and so how do you deal with those situations where you know important figures end up dropping out or you have to replace them in such a short period of time
2: so this has happened to me before we had Um, A baker who was supposed to bake the couple's wedding cake two weeks before the wedding, they dropped out because of conflicting obligations or they overbooked themselves. Um, And this couple specifically had a ton of dietary restrictions. So it had to be gluten, gluten friendly, dairy free, nut free, all the things. And so trying to find a new vendor in under two weeks in peak wedding season was really challenging but that's also part of our job and it's what we do and it's why i take a lot of pride in building really strong vendor relationships Mm -hmm. in the city because if you need to call in a favor or you need someone to jump in last minute like if you know them and they have capacity typically they're willing to help Mm um and if the vendor's good and has is responsible and done their due diligence they should have a backup in play especially for like photographers or videographers um they should have a second shooter that can step in if needed
1: so i didn't even know about the backup um you know the secondary shooter or like the secondary um baker but i think it's um i don't know it's really cool how uh, you kind of like know every single baker in town pretty much right or like you um it's like it's not like you're focused solely on the um, couple and the satisfying them you're kind of like building like an entire network of all these like key figures and all these important people who um
2: you kind of have on hand just mm-hmm. in case the anything- is yeah. really important because again like as planners like i might get sick especially in covid right if we had to quarantine or like, isolate then having someone that can step in on a moment's notice is really important. So I think it was important pre-COVID and now it's even more so. Yeah.
1: And also I feel like we've learned a lot of um, things similar to that in supply chain too, just like building relationships. You know, you don't want to be so dependent on just one person. You want to have all these other people who you can rely on as well.
2: 100%
1: so my next question is about wedding planning techniques so what were some old wedding planning practices and how have they been replaced for new and better ones or has the technology kind of changed in wedding planning to help the process be more streamlined
2: mm-hmm. so as a self proclaimed tech nerd this is something that i could geek out about for hours so i love this question um i think there's definitely software out there that um helps us to do our job better and more efficiently these days um one really great platform out there is called aisle planner um, it's a full service platform um, that helps couples manage all parts of their wedding um, in tandem with their wedding planner um, of course uh, but it helps you to manage budget to-do lists you can do an internal Pinterest board type thing inside of the platform. You can do floor plans and seating charts, track your keys, all of those things, which is great to have in one central spot. Um, I opted not to go the independent software route, and I simply use Google Drive, but I've hyper-customized all the spreadsheets and documents that I work with my couples on so that we get the data that we need um, and it's still really easy for them. In terms of floor plans and layouts, all seated and social tables are great. It's what a lot of us vendors use to create our floor plans um, and how the day looks in terms of logistics and where things are placed. Um, In the last handful of years, I will say wedding websites have become so popular. And if you don't have one, I feel like you're one of the abnormals. Um, So like Minted, With Joy, Happy Couple are all great. Um, the knot as well. Um, Minted, for example, is awesome because you can build a wedding website, you can manage your RSVPs, but they also have a stationary arm. So you can get all your wedding day signage menus and programs and place cards through them as well in a design that matches your website. So there's lots of options out there. I think the struggle now is trying to find a way to figure out what works best for you, how your brain works, how you work with your couples, and determining the best fit, um, because it was oversaturated.
1: Mm-hmm. So I've seen on um, the wedding planner with Jennifer Lopez, and I feel like you know she was more of like everything was on paper and like everything just kind of seemed to work out in her head. But it's really nice to hear that now they have software for wedding planning, so that you don't have to keep everything in. Um, in like you don't have to keep track of everything only in your head or on paper you can kind of have like a software that
2: looks at everything for you so that's mm-hmm. really I, I will say so us as people as wedding planners in the industry struggle with the wedding planner the movie mm-hmm. because jlo dramatized like what being a wedding planner is mm-hmm. right so for us practically from 90% plus of the weddings depending on size we will always have an assistant with us so mm-hmm. for us we can't just keep everything in our brain we have to be able to download it somewhere so that we set our team up for success as well mm-hmm. and so having a software to help facilitate that and template it and we can just duplicate um yeah. is really important
1: it's also you have less inc- incidences where things just kind of slip out of your mind and like aren't accounted for so it's mm-hmm. really nice Okay, so I know that there's one big topic, COVID-19, it's kind of changed everything that's been going on in the last couple of years, and I just wanted to um, ask, how did COVID-19 change
2: wedding planning and um, all the
1: operations surrounding wedding planning? Um,
2: COVID-19 has definitely impacted the wedding and events industry as a whole. If you've been listening to the news, you've seen the ever-changing provincial health orders around wedding and events and so many of my vendor friends have been saying they've experienced a 90% plus drop in business since COVID started. So for us to only be operating at 10% of what we would typically be doing is really challenging just from sustaining a business, right? And now coming out of COVID, we're dealing with huge supply chain issues. Um, to core friends, if they've ordered samples, that are being shipped internationally, they're to be really significant delays, both from COVID and as a result of what's been happening in the world these days. Um, Floral costs have skyrocketed. Um, even local flower farms are experiencing increased costs to deliver those florals. If you're importing them, which is pretty standard for most florists, those costs also skyrocket. Um, because shipping costs have increased with and those pieces have also increased so I think across the board we're seeing a huge spike in costs but the problem is consumers aren't necessarily responding to it or they don't expect those changes so while we may have to increase our rates we're experiencing backlash or clashes on the consumer side because they weren't anticipating them or if they are, for example, lingering couples that have been working with us since pre-COVID, the numbers that we budget are the numbers that we're now seeing as estimates for actual. Um, so those numbers are also having to change, which is a whole new layer of stress.
1: Yeah, and already with the decision fatigue and like with all the changing protocols and, um, you know, how many people you're allowed at your events, I just, I can imagine a lot of couples just throwing in the towel and saying let's just wait it all out or just like going to the church and getting married straight there without like a huge wedding or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess my last question for you is um, besides COVID, um, are there any other major issues in the wedding planning industry? So are there sustainability issues? or ethics issues? Because I know that um, your company has been talking a lot about sustainability or has been focused a lot on sustainability.
2: Mm -hmm. So from a sustainability standpoint, we know that events are wasteful uh, because the whole premise of events is that materials and products are brought in for a single day and then they're disposed of. Right. So typically the pre-lifespan, the lifespan pre-event and the lifespan of a product post-event aren't thought of it's really just the six or nine hours of our event and then once it's done we don't care so that's been a really challenging mindset to flip with people Um, and it's been a really hard conversation too because the infrastructure isn't necessarily there so for me for example we're dealing with struggles of some venues not these days but in the last few years um it didn't have recycling of compost on site they only had garbage cans so how can we facilitate the recycling of bottles and food waste and all of those things when they don't have what we would expect to see at a venue um so there's the whole sustainability conversation which i think is a topic for another day and then there's also the side around diversity right so um we're trying to push for diversity and inclusion in the industry um, and it's definitely a topic that's become more top of mind now as DE&I conversations are more prevalent um but there's a there's still a lot to be worked on there as well
1: wow like we're all in Vancouver where like composting is like a huge thing and I can't believe that there's still like areas or like venues out there that just don't have like composting bins or like Mm -hmm. they only have a garbage like bin that that's insane to me
2: and I will say too so on the food side as well so I have worked a wedding for example where it was at a hotel I'm not gonna name which hotel it was but you're working hotel is a plated meal so typically you have your choice of Steak, chicken, or veg, vegetarian. And even though guests had selected their meal choice upon RSVPing, so we know what those meal choices are, we've stated that you're not allowed to change what that meal choice is. The hotel, because of their own internal policies and procedures, prepared this was a 100 person wedding, they prepared 100 portions of all three versions, and the off the guests would change their mind. So when we're thinking about food waste, just can only eat one meal, right? So two thirds of all those portions are going to waste. Um, And depending on the different policies of the hotel or the caterers that we're working with, they may not allow you to donate it or to take the leftovers home at the end of the night. And even though we have the Food Donor Encouragement Act through the government of BC to waive liability, it still doesn't replace the fact that it's the caterers And the food servers that are deciding what happens with that food
1: so it must be really stressful you know you're trying to control everything that's going on but there's some like so many parties that have their own agenda have their own policies that you would have never thought of and they end up creating like all these situations that you know if you had just like communicated or like if they had just mentioned it beforehand then it would have been totally avoidable
2: Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing with flood plenty as well right the more that we can pre-plan the longer runway we have to work out those kinks and figure out the logistics the better we're all set up for success um but doesn't always happen.
1: Mm-hmm. So I guess those are all my questions for today, thank you so much for answering all of them very thoroughly and with so much detail and thank you for coming today and just offering us a lot of insight and all your thoughts on the operational side of wedding planning. Um, I didn't know that people could have wedding decision fatigue, I didn't know that you could also plan a wedding in just a couple of weeks, I always thought that it was a thing that took a year or a year and a half. And um, also, I want to say thanks for all the listeners for listening in as well. And thank you um, for just tuning in for another episode about supply chain and operations. I know that today's episode was a little bit more unconventional, but I wanted to demonstrate how wedding planning and operations can fit right together. And Natasha, do you have any way of contacting you if we have any more questions or like an Instagram or anything
2: like that? Mm -hmm. so instagram handle is at clearwater.events and the website is www.clearwaterevents.org so
1: thank you so much natasha
2: thanks so much for having me